This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio, coming to you from the desert. Well, not quite the desert, but <laughs> might as well be in... Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, it's been a cooling trend lately. Uh, been a hundred degrees, and uh, it's funny how a hundred degrees all of a sudden feel cooler when you're used. You know, I came from Colorado, and it was always in the seventies, and when it get the eighties and nineties, it felt a lot. <clears throat> so I'm gonna jump right in, and I'm gonna begin by reading you some statistics on porn off porn use in the USA. And then I'm going to jump to some stats on porn use in the United Kingdom just to give a little more perspective. So Barna Group, a Christian resource organization, and Josh McDonald Ministries several years ago, they partnered up and they did this, this survey and they found out that 68% of church-going men and 50% of pastors view pornography on a regular basis of young Christian adults 18 to 24 years old, 76% were actively searching for pornography. They found that many teenagers are sexting these days, either on the receiving or the sending end, and 62% of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image, and 41% have sent one. Youth pastors, 64% of them have confessed to struggling with porn, either currently or in the past. And then the U.S. is the number one producer and consumer of pornography in the world. 60% of all porn websites are hosted in the U.S. And I think a lot of us know that the San Fernando Valley is the porn production capital of the world, basically. And Google Trends has shown for years that the states with the highest populations of evangelicals have the most churches for sex-related terms, so the the states where we have the most churches are those that are searching for porn for the most, which basically shows that the church is one of the porn industry's biggest supporters and financial backers. The average age a child is first exposed to porn, they say, is 11. I would tell you from the people who come to us for help, that's probably closer down to 8 or 9. 79% of all porn exposure, first exposure, happens at home. So mom and dad, your homes are not as safe as you think they are. In spite of the Christian media who fills, fills us with these slogans, you know, safe for the whole family, well, you're, you need to realize your home is not exactly safe or you're not protected from Satan's influence in your home. And so you want to take some specific actions in there to cut that off. 
More than half of all divorces involve a spouse who has issues with pornography. And now the UK, the United Kingdom, our neighbors across the Atlantic Ocean are the second largest consumer of pornography in the world. And here's some stats on porn use amongst UK Christians. 75% of Christian men view porn at least monthly. 41% of Christian men admit to being full-blown addicted to porn. 30% of church leaders view pornography regularly. 10% of Christian men have paid for sex. And 90% of Christians believe the church does not adequately support those struggling with porn. So most believers are saying, you're not giving us help, church. You're not showing us the way out. You're not equipping this to be overcomers when it comes to one of the biggest, if not the biggest, moral calamities in our culture today where sexual depravity is everywhere and you can't go to even the grocery store without having to watch your eyes and watch who you're looking at and and all the skin that, that's exposed out there. So today what I'm going to do is get into how do we deal with the porn epidemic from a church level and a little lower. And I want to begin by reading to you from Revelation 2, beginning at verse 18, where Jesus says, And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. And let's substitute Jezebel for pornography in this verse, that you tolerate pornography, which is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works, and I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. So what Jesus is saying is there are severe consequences for not opening up this topic of sexual sin in his churches and equipping his people to be overcomers in this issue. And all too often we hear from people who come to us for help that, well, our church doesn't talk to us about pornography or sexual sin or, hey, my church does, you know, verse-by-verse teaching, but, well, if they're not going to be stumbling onto a passage for a couple years that deals with sex, and, you know, I may never hear from them, but we have to first begin with there is a severe consequence for not dealing with these sexual issues in our churches today. That is a part of the why, and I see that why all the time with people who come to us for help. I have men and I have women and I have couples in my office 
and both, the man and the woman, are crying their eyes out. The man is torn up. Usually the husband is torn up in shame and can't stand what he's done to himself, can't stand what he's done to his family. And the wife is torn up uh, for the way pornography and adultery shred her self-esteem into pieces and and then trust is broken and violated and their marriage is a mess. And sometimes they've gone to a church, tried to get help, and it made it worse, which is happens a lot. And a lot of times they come to us and they're saying, is there even hope? And when we walk them through, they're like, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, there is hope. And so part of the reason that we do these things is not, is there's so much, you have to realize we're here for the sexually broken. And there are a lot of the sexually broken in our churches, as I just read from all those statistics. And after COVID, boy, everything shot like a bottle rocket and Pornhub said that their porn views shot up to, worldwide, went up 25%. And after March of last year, we got super busy and our groups and counseling doubled and tripled and and we get even more contacts from people outside of North America asking for help. So this is a worldwide problem and I know this show is being listed by people outside of, of course, Arizona and the U.S. and and to those of you who are listening to other countries, we're here for you too. And today, churches, we have to open this up big time because to think that you're going to allow somebody's marriage to be destroyed or somebody's life to be destroyed just because you're afraid to talk about sex, are you really going to look Jesus in the face and tell him that after what I just read to you from Revelations? And then 1 Corinthians Chapter chapter five. There 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 are even greater consequences around sexual sin. First Corinthians six nine to ten. I'm sorry. Where Paul writes, "Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers." will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he repeats that warning in Galatians when he says, now the works of the flesh are evident. This is in Galatians 5, starting at verse 19. The works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul warns us twice, the sexually immoral, those who are throwing themselves into sexual depravity will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's intense. That has eternal ramifications. We've got to open this stuff up because there are a lot of people. This has a, the, the power to destroy people's faith, and we see that because what happens is when a man or a woman gets in bondage to this stuff long enough, their heart grows cold, and then their faith can die. And once your faith starts dying because you start thinking, well, God's not with me. He's not releasing me from this bondage. He's not forgiving me my sins. And once you've been allowed those lies to go into your heart long enough— Anything can happen. We do see anything happen 
including people who end up in prison because they've crossed lines. So you must understand there's an imperative here. And just look at the news. Every you know, Almost every day now, somebody's being arrested in a church because of child pornography or they've molested somebody. And then sexual abuse is prevalent in the church. And, and then I'll read from 1 Corinthians 5, where Paul says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind not tolerated even among pagans for a man has his father's wife. And you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. And so again, intense consequences. So let's walk through what do we do. Um, I've walked through the problem here, and I'm hoping you understand the severity and the warnings here that we cannot mess with this sin, we cannot play games with it, and that there are a lot of severe consequences that have already been experienced in the church when you've got such a high number of people in bondage to it. And I read about men, but women are the fastest-growing segment who are addicted to this stuff. So this is not a man-only thing. We've been contacted from wives who've said, I'm in, I've been in bondage to porn, and thank you for you know materials and helping me in. So what has to happen first is we have to have from our pulpits an industrial strength, no holds barred, open talk to our family, our church family, about sexual issues. And if you're still nervous about talking about sex, then go read Song of Solomon where he describes a woman's body parts, including her breasts or Proverbs, where he talks about having a married man, you know, to a wife, let her breasts exhilarate you at all times. There is no reason we who claim to be churches, especially those of us who claim to be Bible churches, should ever have any fear about talking about sex openly because God made it and it's all through his book and he's commanded us to deal with this. So we need to have an industrial strength, open talk. And what I would suggest is you can begin by Matthew 5, where Jesus says, if a man looks at a woman with lust, he's already committed adultery. And so pornography is adultery. Pornography is also idolatry. Pornography is making lust the source of life. And there are some Christians that are kind of flipping about it, and we've we've seen this, like, ah, it's not a big deal, and, you know, I'll, I'll get over this, and, well, it's only once a month, once every two months, so you want to tell your wife that, buddy, that uh, you're just going to be committing adultery once a month or once every two months, or even worse, you want to look Jesus in the face and tell him that? That ain't happening if you're a committed Christ follower. So we have to start by by setting the standard. And pornography is adultery. And pornography is damaging. And pornography also captivates them chemically, emotionally, and spiritually once they've been immersing themselves in it long enough. So once a man or a woman has spent decades looking at porn, it throws their brain chemistry out of whack, their, their dopamine. It's like the proverbial monkey hitting the pleasure button. And so the dopamine gets this big rush all the time and then they can fall in depression, anxiety, and they get it never satisfied, so they're hungry for more. And 
And then there's all the way it affects them emotionally where from the very beginning, lying and hiding and deceit is wound into the characters. So their whole character has been corrupted. And then there's a self-absorption and the pride and the selfishness. But there's also the fear and the shame and the guilt. And so there's a lot going on there. And we we dare not say something simple like, well, just stop doing it, which I've <laughs> I've had said to me before. So there's going to be a walk here, and there's going to be a process here. It's not a give me a Bible verse and go home, and I'm done here. And there are some people who contact us, and that's all they want. I had a guy who is in his late 70s contact me. We talked on the phone recently, and that's pretty much all he wanted was tell me what I need. Tell me, give me a silver bullet that's going to fix my problem. But if you spent decades immersing yourself into this and you're in bondage to it. This is not a take one verse and call me in the morning type of thing. So church leaders and everyone, you need to realize this is this is going to be a battle. And there's also the spiritual battle that's a part of it too. And then James 5.16, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that may be healed. You want to encourage and challenge your flock to get out of isolation and well, from what I see, 85 to 90% of American Christians are isolated. And that's the fertile soil that feeds sexual sin. And that's a big reason why we're in this big mess. Because with our performance-driven churches where everybody sits and they watch and they go home, we basically groom them to be isolated. So James 5.16 is meant to be a way of life in the church where we can even have moments where 15, 20, 25 minutes where we break everybody up and we have everybody share. You don't got to go into detail, but, hey, I'm struggling in an area. Can you pray for me? You would make an immense difference. You'd be a game changer if your church did that. But the bottom line is a lot won't. So you're going to have to find or offer a group that men where you can, the safe place where you can do that, and wives, you will need to do the same. You will need a group where you can get help. And so Sunday morning, you'll want to be able to point somebody, you, you want to be able to point your people to a place, a safe place where they can go. Don't just give them a message and, and without giving them a safe place to go. You need to point them somewhere. So some ideas, uh, we can have a table at your church with books where we talk to people and Move them into our groups. We have phone groups, so you don't have to be in Arizona. Uh, we just started local groups, local men's groups, and local wives' groups. So we have this in, in place. So don't leave your people hanging. Give them a safe place to go. And if you really want to go all out, you can host a, for one of our From Porn to Grace conferences where we come out, and usually on a Saturday from around 9.30 to 3.00, We'll go through the complete process of healing for men and wives. And speaking for wives, do not forget the wives. I, have n- I don't think I've ever been in a church that I can remember where on a Sunday morning they talked openly about all the, the trauma and the devastation that the wives whose men are looking at porn, all that they go through. And it is very traumatic to the wives. And I've known women who have ended up in the psych ward. Some women end up on depression Medications, some end up, end up on anxiety meds. This is very traumatic to their soul and it rocks their faith. And 
they have their own healing journey that can it, it is a process of years it's not just a two months and I'm done type of thing it's a long it takes a long time for them to heal and recuperate from a wounded heart and even you know decades we see it still it still hurts and so we want to be there for the wives too and in Matthew 5 where Jesus says if something caused you to sin cut it off it's better for you to pluck out your right eye or cut off your right hand than to end up in hell those are strong words, and they're meant for everyone. And there are some people who come to us, and like I mentioned, they want the quick fix, but when we challenge them with, well, you know what, Bill, you've been struggling with porn on your smartphone for years now. What are you going to do about that? Because doing nothing isn't getting you anywhere. So you're going to put an app on that phone. You're going to have to downgrade to a dumb phone. You're going to have to do something, but you can't just sit there and get your butt kicked. Or, uh, hey, you know, you're looking at cable at home and Netflix and you're falling and stumbling in those movies. You need to shut off that subscription. You can't play games with this stuff. And so people need to hear these warnings that you cannot play games with sexual sin. It will eat you alive and it has the potential and the power to ruin and shipwreck your faith if you let it go on long enough. These warnings got to come through from the pulpit because there are a lot of people who are in such a deep place of apathy or hopelessness or carelessness that sometimes they just need the straight, full-bore, Holy Spirit power conviction. And speaking of that, you don't want to do this without a lot of prayer. There is an intense spiritual battle around this issue, and we see that the enemy has a stronghold in church leadership. We see this when we go to church leadership or someone who's come to us goes to their church leadership asking if they can talk about sexual sin or offer resources and they shut it down or they shut down groups. We've seen this before. The enemy has a stronghold of whatever you want to call it, fear, fear of man, comfort, whatever it is, there is a spiritual battle there. And so... We need to get a lot of prayer up around this issue. We need to get a lot of prayer, period. We need prayer meetings all over the place, and as you've heard me say before. And, and then also, the thing you want to equip them with is the heart issues. Every single guy that I've worked with, and pretty much all the women that we've worked with, there is some sort of core beliefs in the, in the core of their soul that are lies that they've internalized from a long time ago. And those core lies have been driving their life for years, decades. And until you get to those lies, they will stay in bondage, or at least the chances are pretty high they're going to stay in bondage. And so what I mean is, um, real quick, just somebody believes the lie, I, I cannot please God, God doesn't love me as I am. That lie alone, once it sets in the heart, that can drive you to pornography because, quote-unquote, porn is safe love. Porn is my only safe love. It's the only love I can have. And once you, until you get in and break those lies, more than likely, I can almost guarantee that person's going to stay in bondage. So I, I want again offer to you, 
We can come to you and we can help you set up a porn conference, a freedom from porn conference and where you are. Uh, we, I'll be going, I'm planning to go to Europe in October to do some conferences and speaking there. And uh, we've done conferences earlier this year. And so as long as COVID doesn't flare up again, uh, we sh- I should be there most of the month of October speaking. And so wherever you are, let us know if you're interested in this or if you want me to come speak in your church or your group, men's group, wife's group, help you set up groups, whatever, let us know and contact us. But please don't just sit there and do nothing and say nothing. Don't just listen to this broadcast and think, hmm, that was nice. we got to become a church of action, not just sitting on our butts and listening. So if God is provoking you to, to have some sort of action and take action, then do so now, I would challenge you. So thanks for joining me, and I'll hope to see you next time. Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.